If you like this podcast and other Daily Thunder content, please consider supporting us on our Patreon page. For just $5 a month, you get access to our morning roundups of Thunder news, notes, and commentary. It all gets sent to your email automatically, along with our jam-packed weekend edition newsletter that has exclusive and early release content. For $6 or more a month, you qualify for things like free t-shirts, mugs, hoodies, and special live event passes. For more information, visit patreon.com slash dailythunder. Thank you for listening to this podcast and for supporting Daily Thunder. Welcome back. This is the Daily Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Woods. I'm here with special guest, Spencer Davis. How are you, man? Doing great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. Um, We have a very fun activity to get into today. We are going to... Uh, we are going to hit a new lottery sim on our favorite website, tankthon.com, and and then we are going to mock draft the the first fourteen picks, the lottery. So um, before we get into that, I wanted to get your thoughts on a on uh, a couple playoff moments so far, and that is, did you watch live Lillard going for fifty five? I watched. Um the last i think five minutes of regulation and then both overtimes um, so you saw you saw a lot of good stuff you yeah, saw, I, Lillard I saw score most half his points it. yeah yeah i saw <laughs> him not, not miss and i saw i i think the stat that kevin o'connor said on the on his show with chris vernon and i i'm it's this may not be exactly right but i want to say from one of lillard's threes like in the last minute or so through the end of double overtime all the blazers not named Damian Lillard was like one of 19 from the floor <laughs> and Lillard was like seven of nine or something ridiculous the best um, the best tweet that I saw about the game was uh Jason Concepcion said uh Lillard painted the Sistine Chapel and his crew came in and power washed it yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect no yeah um, I mean him and him and Jokic that's unbelievable and I guess we're, we're recording this on Thursday night we should say and so that yeah. Is that tonight? I know the Lakers game is tonight. Is yeah, uh, that that game is also tonight, I believe. Both correct. That game is that game is tipping off as we speak. Um, so uh, we will know when you're listening to this Nuggets Blazers. You'll know the result of Nuggets Blazers and Lakers Suns. So when you're listening to this, LeBron might be out of the playoffs. Um, we could be looking at Suns in the second round. The other series I wanted to bring up with you was um, was Clippers Mavs. So yeah. the Mavericks. The Mavericks uh, win game five on the road. Every game has been won by the road team. Now Dallas goes home for a potential closeout game. And this game has a lot of impact on Oklahoma City. I feel like if they go get embarrassed in Dallas, which is – I'll be – I said it on the show. I thought the series was over last week with when they were down 2-0 going to Dallas. So, like, by no means is it over. Yeah. I was dead wrong on that, but – if they go to Dallas and get embarrassed in a game six, it feels like a lot has to change. I wrote in a, uh, so daily thunder has a newsletter newsletter bolts that go out every Tuesday and Thursday. And so last night after the Mavericks won, I said that game six has the potential to be more impactful for the future of the thunder than lottery night. 
Mm. Because of the implications with all those draft picks that the in swaps that the Clippers owe to the Thunder from 2022 to 2026. And just the fact that if if the Clippers do lose tomorrow night in Dallas, there's there's just no way that Kawhi and Paul George can both come back next year. And so that either means, okay, Kawhi could come back still. He wants to live in LA. He wants to live on the West Coast. He could still come back. But then that means that Paul George has to be traded. And I don't know who you're trading Paul George for and getting better. Right. right. I mean, there's the only thing that I could think of is maybe to Portland for CJ McCollum and Anthony Simons and maybe a pick or something. And I don't think that makes the Clippers better. Maybe those pieces fit a little bit more. Um, but it's it's really tough to trade Paul George and and make the Clippers be better. And I think Kawhi is going to realize that. I think that there are options like Atlanta or Dallas or um, you know, if Chris Paul opts out, Phoenix is probably a place that's pretty attractive to to Kawhi Leonard, even without Chris Paul there, just because it's so close to where he wants to be in Southern California, and he can play with Devin Booker, and the Suns still have all their future assets, so they could go get a third star again via trade or something. There are just so many more attractive basketball options for Kawhi Leonard outside of the Clippers, and if he leaves the Clippers, I mean, don't you think Paul George is asking for a trade pretty much immediately? Unless he's unless he's all about being in LA as well, um, well would be yeah, I think would but, be the only only reason. I think Golden State's a big sleeper here for Kawhi. Um, honestly, I think if they lose, I think if they lose Game Six, it I think it's very likely that it that one of those guys ends up on Golden State because I do think Golden State has quite the if if Minnesota's pick conveys yeah to Golden State, I feel like they have a Wiseman Wiggins that Minnesota pick. Um, well, with Kawhi, it would have to be a sign-and-trade, right? Right, yeah. That trade, I'm thinking more for Paul George um, involved in that. But, yeah, I think I think they could be in play for either one of those guys. Interesting. Yeah, and, again, even if Kawhi leaves, and let's say Paul George decides he wants to stay, that that is not a title contender. It's maybe yeah. not a lottery team in 2022 and 2023, but it's like that pick is going to be in the teens, which – yeah. Yeah, and that's a huge spot. win. If yeah, Kawhi is not on the Clippers next year. That's no matter what else happens. Yeah, that's a huge win for Oklahoma City yeah. because two years ago, um, I mean, there were when like in uh, putting in perspective those picks, we were obviously saying like a lot can change in two years. But the Clippers were the odds-on favorite to win the title uh, going into the nineteen twenty season, um, right. and. There was a lot of people saying, like, well, those picks aren't going to be any good, and they still might not be. Um, but well, the, but also they could win the title this year, yes, which I think could happen. Like, the Clippers could easily win the Western Conference still. I, I, I agree. I have, I, after watching Dallas lose games three and four at home, I have no faith in them to close us out. Maybe if Luca's healthy and whatever, like Dwight Powell is back apparently, which is great, but. You know, I I don't have I, I have lost faith in Dallas <laughs> and Chris Paul's hurt and Le, and LeBron and AD are hurt and Mike Conley's hurt. Like the Clippers can still win the West. Yeah. Um, but even if they do that, like the Clippers are not probably not going to be good in 2024, 2025, 2026 when they still owe a first round pick or a swap to the Thunder. Yeah. Um. All right. 
You ready to do this? Let's get yeah. into let's get into uh, this lottery sim. All right, I'm going to <coughs> excuse me. I'm going to uh, press the magic button, and we are going to go with the very first result that we get. Oh no, that's dangerous. <laughs> it is dangerous, um, and uh, we will not edit this. So, you are getting our very first one. Here we go. Okay. Um, not necessarily the best, but not the worst. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma City has one pick in the top five, and it's number four. We stayed put. Oh, that's I, – I, I think that's a great scenario. I Well, I guess it's Houston first. Is that why you're – No, uh, Houston is third. Okay. Um, Cleveland moves up four spots to the number one spot. Again? Okay, wow. Yeah. Uh, Detroit stays put at two. Good for them. Rockets fall two spots to the three. We're, we stay put at four. Hugh, or Orlando drops two spots to the five. Minnesota is conveying their pick number six to the Warriors. Toronto Gosh. stays put at seven. Orla- uh, Chicago's pick that goes to Orlando stays at eight. Um, so Orlando's picking at five and eight. Uh, Sacramento, nine. Everything else is the same. No movement. Uh, Sacramento, nine. New Orleans, 10. Charlotte, 11. San Antonio, 12. Indiana, 13. And Golden State, 14. Okay. Um, Are are we going to do trades here? (laughs) I am open to – I'm open to literally whatever um, the galaxy brain of Spencer Davis has for us tonight. (laughs) Um, I, I'm just looking at Golden State here being at six and fourteen. I, yeah. I would I would think that they would try to move up. I don't know. Who did you say was at five? Five is Orlando. And who's in two is Detroit? Two is Detroit. So Cleveland, Detroit, Houston, Oklahoma yeah. City, Orlando. That's your top five. I don't know. Like would Oklahoma City Oklahoma City probably is not trading out of four to get to six and fourteen. Um I would agree with Detroit that. is probably not either. Neither is Houston. So yeah, maybe I think this is not a not a good scenario for for trade ups. I would not think because um, even I think Orlando at five and eight would do what they could to move. Oh, yeah, Orlando as well. Orlando doesn't like Orlando. If Golden State really likes Kaminga, then they could theoretically package six and fourteen to move up one spot. Right, but Orlando has no reason to do that. They don't need three picks in the lottery. So yeah, not, I don't, I don't think, I don't see any obvious trades. Um, all right. So we will go with Cleveland on the clock and we'll let you, uh, as the guest, you have the first pick. Okay. Um, I think it's pretty clearly Cunningham. Um, I don't know what, you know, it's just, the obvious no-brainer pick um, fits with just about any team in the league. Six-eight point guard skills can really shoot. Um, yeah, I don't. I, don't I, th- I think that most of our audience has probably heard, especially being Oklahoma, has heard enough about Cade Cunningham. I think we can move on. Yeah, yeah. Cade Cunningham won. No surprise. Uh, all right, I have Detroit at two, and I am going to go chalk as well with Evan Mobley from USC. Uh, center, I think this would be a really, really strong fit next to Jeremy Grant. Um, not sure if he'll be there long term, but um, in the meantime, that would be a uh, very, very solid front court. So, a really, 
I think Detroit's in the position of just taking the best player available, and I think Mobley is the next best player available. I will say, I mean, Troy Weaver loaded up on centers last offseason. I don't know how many – and they took Isaiah Stewart in the draft last year. Yeah. Um, but I do agree. I mean, I think Mobley is the consensus number two guy, um, and that is, I agree that's probably who Troy Weaver would take there. Um, number three is Houston, correct? Correct. God, this hurts. Um, I mean, it's one of the Jalen's, right? I I like Jalen Green more. I would I have Jalen Green ranked ahead. I have Jalen Green in the same tier with Mobley, um, and ranked ahead of Suggs. But I could see the argument for Houston wanted to take Suggs here. Um, what what what's your feeling on on those two on the two Jalen's? I would. I would think their decision here comes down to what they think of Kevin Porter Jr. and whether they think he's their their lead guard, which I would say is a no yeah. <laughs> right now. But if they really like what they've seen, and he has – I mean, he is incredible. Yeah. Um, no doubt about that. So I don't think they can necessarily go wrong here, but I think if they want the chance at a lead guard, the guy that's going to handle the ball the most – yeah. I think they would go Suggs. Yeah, I, I'm. I like Suggs. I'm not convinced uh, um, that Kevin Porter Jr. is going to be a long-term option. I mean, it's, sure. it's, as Very good fair. as he, as good as he's looked, he's had uh, some some off-the-court incidents, and I believe he threw food in the locker room at one point <laughs> in Cleveland uh, and got himself traded to to the Houston G League bubble. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the idea of bringing in Suggs as a guy who can learn from John Wall for, for a year. Um, and, you know, they can probably throw out some three-guard lineup stuff and just to have a solid point guard of the future. Uh, and he has – Suggs has a much higher floor than Jalen Green, I think. Um, maybe as high a floor as anybody other than Cade, uh, at least in the, in the top, you know, five or six picks. So, yeah, I'll, I'll go Suggs here at three. For, for All right. I really like Suggs. Um, I would be like if this scenario plays out for Oklahoma City and they're at yeah. four and they go Cunningham Mobley one two. I I mean I think they're in a really good spot to get either one of the Jalen's if they come. I, away I with totally either, agree. Either yeah. one of the Jalen's, I think they're in a great spot. So I, with a smile, will take Jalen Green at four for the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's that is such an interesting guy because he's 6'6", 180. We're talking about a two-guard, like a prototypical two-guard. And Oklahoma City already has Dort, Shea. Um, I think that this is going to be a very uh, very guard-heavy in a really good way. I say that in a very good way. I think I think the, the potential lineups of Shea, Green, and Dort would be a whole lot of fun. Yeah. I, I really like Jalen Green. I think he, you know, he gets Zach Levine comps and I see it and I agree with it, but I think Green is going to have a chance to be efficient, an efficient score much earlier than Levine was. We really only saw Zach Levine be efficient for the first time this season. And I think Green is going to be able to do that much earlier and still be able to average, you know, 20, 25 points a game, not as a rookie, but you know, reasonably early in his career. And he is just an athletic freak who has to have Presti excited about his potential. And it's hard not to think about, like, young Russ. It's really yeah. hard to watch him and not think of 
how explosive zero was. So, um, so Jalen green for Oklahoma city, you're on the clock with Orlando at five, the first of their, uh, lottery picks. Um, man, this is, this is a tough spot for the magic, right? Like if the, I I said there doesn't make sense for them to trade back, but if they, if they could trade back into like a future asset instead of another lottery pick in this draft, I think they should because, Jonathan Kaminga is the obvious choice here, and he is just not what they need, right? Like, they don't need another long, rangy wing who, you know, questionable shooting ability. Like, they they need they, they just traded They just traded one of those to Denver. Yeah, but, they like, they still have Jonathan Isaac, and they've yeah. got um, uh, Chumo Kiki has is, is looked good sometimes this year, and Chumo Kiki is not a reason to not draft somebody. But they've got – Guys that in that three and four spot, they always have. Um, yeah, yeah. I say that. I say that to your point because yeah, they 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 moved on be for for many reasons, but they've got guys to fill that spot for sure. Yeah, and so I I don't know. They I, I my pick is Kaminga, but I that is not my wish for Jonathan Kaminga is to end <laughs> up in Orlando because I think that would be. I mean, they've proven that they can't really like Isaac has panned out, but he's also always hurt. Um, and they're different players, obviously. Um, but I don't know. I I wouldn't I wouldn't wish that upon Jonathan Kaminga to end up there. They need impact guard talent, right? Like they've got yeah. they've got Fultz, they've got um, Cole Anthony, they've got RJ Hampton, but none of those guys are a blue chipper at like Suggs and Green are. They really need to try to get one of those two guards. Um, and if they don't, then they'll probably drop back and take like a Moses Moody or. Um, or James Book Knight and try to take a shot there. I don't know. But Kaminga's the pick there because he's just the clear number five guy in this class. So if they are at five and eight, I could see them trying to bang the door down for two or three. Um it would I think yeah. it would take more, but like you're saying, needing a guard, I would expect them to try and move up to secure one of those guys. They um, really need to land one of those two. Cause I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot of wing depth outside of Kaminga. I mean, then you're talking about like friends, Wagner and mm-hmm. um, Jalen Johnson. And there's another guy that I'm forgetting. that's um, kind of in that tier. So one of the, one scenario that now that we're talking it out kind of scares me is, is Presti going into this draft with Kaminga, like, 1A or 1B in the draft. Like he, I have evaluated this guy and I think Kaminga is the dude in this draft yeah. and him being fine to move back to 5 and taking 5 and 8 off of their hands, especially if we don't obviously in this scenario they wouldn't get Houston's pick. Um if they were if they were for Orlando 5, move back to 5 and 8, take Kaminga if that's who they think is the guy. I've been I've been terrified for months that Presti is going to overvaluate Jonathan Kaminga. And I think he's awesome. Yeah. I just don't I just hope he doesn't go before one of these other dudes. It does feel like it could be a mistake, but if that I would talk myself into that so quickly. Like Same. I I I really like Kaminga. He's just a really good passer. Um all the work ethic stuff on him is has been awesome. Um but it, you know, the biggest concerns are like he wasn't a great defender in the bubble. Um, and that doesn't, you know, he's, he's huge. Like he's got an NBA frame. I think they can work that out. He is massive. 
Yeah. I will say, you know, I think a lot of Thunder fans are thinking, you know, oh, they'll, they'll draft Kaminga. He fits like the Robertson, uh, Terrence Ferguson, Darius Baisley, like rangy wing role. But if you look back at the history of the Thunder drafting in the lottery, Presti has focused more on skill than on, you know, the, those athlete only types. So yeah. I, I actually expect, I, I, I don't, I would be surprised if Kaminga was even in the top four of, of Presti's board. It's going to be very interesting because at six, eight, two, ten, like he is a walking Josh Eustace. Like he is that, he is that build. Well, he's, yeah, but he's way more athletic. No, no, no. Yeah, I just yeah. mean I just mean in size and stature and like yeah. capability, like coming in, yeah. like the the defensive guy. Like I don't think that that's the like you're saying. I don't think that's the role they're looking to fill at the top of this draft. Right, is a, a defensive uh, guy who they need to develop on the other end. Um, okay, we are going to number six. This is Golden State via Minnesota, and this now is the draft where, starts. This is where I think it gets very interesting. <laughs> I will say I would be floored if this pick wasn't packaged uh, in a play for Paul George or Bradley Beal or someone of that stature. I would be surprised if this wasn't like a blue chip asset in a big trade. So I do. I would not expect Golden State to pick here, but for the sake of the exercise, we're going to draft sure. a player for them. Um and if I were drafting a player for them here, I would take Davion Mitchell from Baylor. Um, I think this is the um, the combo guard that can play in small lineups. Looks like an NBA ready dude already. Like he is, he's older than a lot of the guys in this class. You'll hear that a lot. Um, he's like twenty four, right? He's twenty. He's almost twenty three. He's like two years older than the other old guys in this class. Yes, I think he's, he's going to be twenty four by the time he plays an NBA game. He's like twenty. So he's twenty. He's twenty two, almost twenty three right now. He is like a. He's a almost a full four years older than Poku. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I would ex- like I could see if they if they strike out on the trades that they would prefer to make at this spot. I think this is where they go, um, especially given the timeline that Steph and Draymond and Clay are on. They're getting Clay back from injury. I think Davion Mitchell slides in uh, what either to a like a sixth man uh, bench scorer or a guy that can play with the starters and play um, play in that fifth in that fifth spot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would I would go Davion Mitchell here six for Golden State. I, I don't hate that, um, but I'm I'm pretty skeptical of Mitchell just because of the shooting numbers. Mm-hmm. They spiked this year, right? Like he was a career 30, looks like I'm looking at his stats right now, his junior year at Baylor, 32 point, 32% from three. This year he shot almost 45% from three, but his free throw shooting is still in the mid 60%. Um but I do think that being one of the older guys, he's going to be able to come in and contribute right away. And on a team like Golden State, I, I could I could see how they would make that work, especially with the I don't want to say trauma, but there's I think there's some hurt feelings about the Wiseman thing, and I don't think they would want to take a a, a player that raw again. Why Wiseman has that is such an interesting 
scenario for a guy like that who played like 10 games in college. But two games. No, it was two games. Yeah. Two games. Basically nothing. Very, very difficult spot to go from. I played zero, I played two meaningful games in college. And my next time playing five on five basketball with like officials and like everything else was Kevin Durant was on the floor. Um, This is a. This is a very, very abnormal situation for a rookie to walk into, a rookie big at that. Um, yeah. So um, I don't know if Wiseman's bad. I don't think he's bad, but he had a really, really disappointing year based on expectation and based on where he was headed. Yeah. I think they – I mean, before before like opening night, they were all about the Wiseman hype. Like yeah. they were – the they were getting every every bit of like every whisper they could and they really weren't whispers to the the uh media voices that they every yeah. everyone that they could use that we think Wiseman's everything and well, so, he, and he, he was and impressive he was in some things like i mean he he looked at looked good athletically but then it came time that Okay, you have to impress Draymond Green on the defensive end of the floor. Yes, and it was a little bit like how Sabonis was on offense his rookie year for the Thunder and trying to do that with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I like that. It's, it's not. It, it just did not go well. I don't know if it's psychological or something did did not mesh there. Um, and yeah, like you said earlier, I I could easily see him getting packaged into a trade because he flashed enough where you're like, okay, I don't think this guy's a total bust. He's not going to be as good as Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball probably, but there's still – I mean, there's got to be something there. The Golden State does not get enough enough flack for not taking LaMelo. Like, what a miss. What a massive miss. It's it's, I feel bad for them too because the clay injury happened like the morning of the draft. And so they they could have done something about it, but it would have been a last-second switch. Um, they did really, I, I wonder if, if clay tears his Achilles a week before the draft, two weeks before the draft, I wonder if they have enough time to really process that and, and come to a, a different decision. That's fair. That's fair. Because going into the season that like their hole was center and the, everybody was yeah. like, well, this guy's the best center in the draft. Yeah. Um, in, in, he would be, in he's a great option because you get a, you get a quality big on a rookie deal and yep. that prolongs everything they have going so it yep. does make sense um looking back though yikes.com yeah um, all right so you've got uh toronto at seven toronto we got a seven. lot of quality players on the board okay so here i'm just going to kind of talk through this um here are some of the guys that i would consider uh scotty barnes is probably my number six player at this point i'm not married to that i'm not sure that he'll end up there um moses moody is is up there Guard from Arkansas, they probably don't need him um, because they've got, you know, Fred Fred Van Fleet kind of playing that role. If Kyle Lowry's going to leave, they could use another point guard, right? But there's not really – I don't think there's a point guard in this range um, for them to go get. Um, Gosh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the Tankathon mock. They've got Jalen Johnson going there. I absolutely hate that. (laughs) I mean, it's – This would be an interesting spot for Mitchell had I not just taken him. Mitchell could fit there. Um, this is a complete reach, but I, I'm, I'm saying this assuming that Kyle Lowry is, is elsewhere. Um, 
How about Josh Giddy? I knew you were going to do that. I love Josh Giddy, and he's the best point guard on the board. And I think that, you know, he's got international flavor, which the Raptors love. Yeah. And I think uh, I, I just, I'm super impressed by him. I think he's a really good passer, a good shooter. He's going to move the ball. He'll open things up a little bit for Siakam and, and Van Vliet. Um, they should probably trade back from seven if they're going to take Josh Giddy. I think you could get him at like, 11 or 12. Mm. Um, but I do like the fit of Giddy on the Raptors. I had a feeling you were going to do that. Yeah. Um, so Josh Giddy is mocked on Tankathon down at 15. So we are, um, yeah, we, you can't, you can't call us chalk. Um, <laughs> we are, we are moving around. So we're going now to Orlando. This is their second pick. Um, and we have already taken for Orlando the, uh, we took Jonathan Kaminga there five. That's a that was your pick to them. Um, a little begrudgingly, you don't love that fit, but Kaminga right. to Orlando at five. So there would be very little incentive for them to take Barnes or Johnson here. Yeah, uh, Jalen yeah. Johnson, I should say. Um, both available. Um, so we're we've already got the better version of those two guys. So we're going to take. Um, we're gonna go Keon Johnson here. Okay. Uh, Tennessee shooting guard, six five one eight six. That he was a, I mean he was a a quality scorer um, for yeah. for for a team that was a quality team for a fraction of the college season. They struggled. Yeah. I mean their their coaching staff. I, I mean I remember the listening to the Sam Vecini's podcast with Matt Penny and they just ripped. Tennessee's coaching staff for how they used him and Jalen Johnson. I did not watch much of Tennessee this year. Keon Johnson is probably my biggest uh, uh, blind spot in the lottery. Um, I even I, I like Jaden Springer a lot and have watched some of him. I've not watched a ton of Keon Johnson yet, but he he's certainly within range here. And Springer has really fallen like early in. The yeah, I don't I don't know why. A couple months ago, like you would see on Tankathon, you would see their names close together. Yeah. Um, the, yep. now they, they got Springer well out of the lottery now. Yeah. He's down at 22. Um, one pick after Kai Jones, who's not going to get to 21 either, but that's okay. <laughs> There's no um, chance Kai Jones is there at 21. No, no, that's not Kai Jones is probably going to get picked in this mock. If I had to guess that we're doing right. Now. I, I think you're about, I think you're right in that. Um, all right. So Keon Johnson. So if Orlando stays at five and eight, are they happy Taking Kaminga and John, like, would they, would they, yeah. do, what kind of grade is that getting on draft night? I think it would be, I think it's a good grade. The the other guy that I would consider at eight is this Alperin Sengun, the center um, from Turkey. Thought, thought about him there. As kind of a, um, a Nikola Vucevic replacement. Um, but that may be, you know, I don't know that you want to call that apples to apples and, People would certainly certainly look at it like that, but yeah, Orlando's is in dart throwing mode right now. Yeah, um, I agree. And Keon Johnson at eight is is a is a good good dart to throw, I and mean, he's certainly one of these guys that um, could end up as being one of the four or five best players in this class, just based on you know the consensus about his potential and his his obvious athleticism and and all that. All right, you've got Sacramento at number nine. Sacramento at nine, another team. Well, you know what? They're, they really are not in dart throwing mode as much as they should be because they've got Darren Fox who starts his, his uh, second extension next year. Um, they really need to, to, you know, 
start building. Um, and I actually, I, I do, I'm sure you're looking at this Tankathon mock and Corey Kispert's there. And I actually, I like that for them. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Kispert. He's another guy that's super old, but uh, you know, in terms of draft by draft standards, he's a grandpa. But, as yeah, far as, as far as Tankathon goes, he is looks like about four months younger than Davion Mitchell. Um, yeah. But he, yeah, I mean, he, he's probably the best shooter in this class. He can come in and give you some spacing. I think the Kings are probably going to try to trade Buddy Heald this summer and get something back. And so now they can kind of just replace Buddy Heald's shooting with Corey Kisper. And I, I think that works. Two um, somewhat bold. Uh, statements here on on sacramento Corey kispert is my favorite non-top five guy in this draft i okay. really 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 like him um not necessarily that he's going to be the next best guy um but i just love 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 watching him play yeah. uh, very much very much enjoyed that gonzaga team this year the other thing is i think we're just a few months away from the De'Aaron fox trade request I, I had this conversation with a friend the other day. He's got five years there on his deal. I don't. I don't think he can make a request with five years left on his contract. But isn't wouldn't that? I, I think on the other flip side of that is a team would be more than happy to do it because they know they're getting a guy for a long time. Maybe I, I think he's got at least three more years there, or at least two more years there. Possibly, possibly. I I could see him being like. And maybe he doesn't announce it. Maybe he just says, like, maybe it's a quiet thing like Paul George, but maybe they they know they've got to do something. Yeah. And, I think there would be plenty of teams that would pony up for four years of five years. Yes. I mean, Aaron Fox. I don't think he's getting – I mean, he's certainly not getting a James Harden package, and he's probably not even getting as much as, like, a Bradley Beal would uh, just because he hasn't shown that they can win, you know, with him as one year – either your best player or one of your two best players yet. Um, but he, he's awesome. I mean, it, and I, he's a guy, if he does, if September rolls around and he decides, you know, I want to trade, I think Sam Presti and depending on the draft and the lottery goes, I think Sam Presti, Sam Presti may pick up the phone and that, that would get very interesting. I would, and now I'm terrified. I hate that I brought this up. I would not want that to happen. There's the team. Really? I think the team I have in my head is that the that there would be a like Tyler Hero, uh, Duncan Robinson. I, I think it would be Miami all the way. I I like that more. Yeah, Hero. Well, they'd have to re-sign Robinson. But I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah what's he making? Like, I don't know what his contract is going to be, but it's it kicks in this summer, so they'd have to match twenty five million or whatever it is. It would be quite a bit. It would be quite a bit for sure. Um, all right, so I love Kispert to Sacramento for all the reasons you said. Like they lost Bogdanovich, it looks like they might move on from Heald. Um, by the way, I would love just a couple years of Buddy Heald in Oklahoma City. I don't know um, how that's going to play out, but would love to see it. Sure. I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to see it next year, but I think I, I actually would be surprised if he does not play for the Thunder at some point. He, he <laughs> loves Oklahoma. I covered him uh, when he, when I was, you know, covering OU a few years ago, um, student paper in Dallas Morning News, and he, he loves Oklahoma. He, he had a great time there. He always comes back and, you know, works out there in the summer. He'd work out with Blake Griffin or Trey Young, occasionally Norman. Um, I definitely think that he will, will come back eventually. And he played, he played, you know, he's from the Bahamas, obviously, but he played high school ball in Wichita. Uh, yeah. So not too, not too far away. 
Um, all right, we're going to 10. This is uh, the New Orleans Pelicans, a very, very disappointing team that I think will do. Um, they will have a very interesting offseason. But the person I like, I like here is Moses Moody. Um, getting them more shooting, um, as much as they can space the floor, uh, a big guy. Moses Moody is a really, really big dude. Um, 6'6", 205, uh, freshman year at Arkansas was really good. This is a, uh, this is an AAU or sorry, a high school, um, teammate of, uh, Cade Cunningham, uh, averaged just a clip under 18 points a game, six rebounds. Um, I really like his length. I like the fact, I mean, I think other than Kispert, we're looking at the best shooter. Um, I think you could argue book night as well, but I think Moody's just a phenomenal um, three-point shooter that I think is only going to get better in that area. So um, give me Moses Moody there for, for the Pelicans. Yeah, I, I love that value-wise. I think, you know, I think you could argue to, if the Pelicans somehow ended up at six, I don't even know if that's possible. You could argue that they would be fine with taking Moody there. Um, he's a good fit. And I wonder positionally if he would make Nikhil Alexander-Walker sort of redundant and make the Pelicans open to trading him. I would love to have him with his cousin in Oklahoma City. I think that would be cool. Same. I love watching him. Yeah. And I and I know I, I definitely don't watch enough. I'm saying – I say I love him because I don't watch enough of him. If I watched him more, I probably, yeah. <laughs> I probably would sour on him a little bit. But it feels like every time I watch him play, he's putting up really good numbers. Um, so I – and obviously, being a, a relative of Shea, I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be cool to have. I'm I'm in. If I'm not mistaken, I think they're they're very close. Like they grew up playing together and and, and living nearby and everything. Uh, and and Oklahoma City has and Oklahoma City has minutes for a player like that. They do, they do. And you know, even if it means you know fewer minutes or maybe even a new team for like a Tam Maladon or a Ty Jerome, um, I, I you know I I think that that long term is a sacrifice that could end up happening. Yeah. Um, by the way, every time I look over at this Denver Portland game, someone's making a three. So if you took the over tonight, um, congrats. <laughs> um, all right. 11. We're going to Charlotte, Charlotte. You're on the clock with Charlotte, Charlotte. on the clock with Charlotte. Uh, who's, who's still on the board here? Um, I've got, we've I've yet to say- take, we've yet to take Scotty Barnes or Jalen Johnson. Well, I'm newsflash. I'm not going to be taking Jalen Johnson. So <laughs> it has nothing to do with him leaving Duke. Like, I, I don't even care that he did that, but I'm, I'm just, I'm out on Jalen Johnson um, okay. in the lottery. And that just is what it is. Um, I think what I want to do here is take a big shot and give LaMelo Ball a rim-running center who's super athletic, and that is Kai Jones from Texas. I love that. Yeah, I love I think, that. I think that's a good fit for him. I think, um, you know, they, they are going to be able to unleash him. Charlotte has actually developed pretty much all of their recent draft picks. Uh, Bridges has been awesome. LaMelo Ball has yeah. been awesome. P.J. Washington has been pretty good as sort of a small ball five. Um but he, PJ Washington is not a leaper and Kai Jones is, and PJ Washington is not going to defend on the perimeter and Kai Jones probably, you know, if he reaches his potential, Kai Jones could certainly do that. Um, he's a little bit more raw, like the Hornets 
are a notoriously impatient franchise, which is usually to their detriment, but they have a superstar now and they have a borderline all-star in Gordon Hayward when he's healthy. Um, but I, I think there's a ton of upside with pairing Kai Jones with LaMelo Ball. Totally. I mean, I I think that's that's probably my outside the top five. That's probably my favorite fit that yeah. we've talked about so far. Um, because I mean, they're playing Cody Zeller. Um, God, playing, bless I, <laughs> they played Cody Zeller a lot this year. Um, and I'm blanking on a couple a couple other. Uh, Biombo played played some minutes for the really? center. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, love that there. Uh, I've got the Spurs at 12, and if you think they're not taking Scotty Barnes if he's there, you are mistaken. Um, so <laughs> I'm going with Scotty <laughs> Barnes to the Spurs. Um, he feels like, like if Scott this, I highly doubt Scotty Barnes is here. Um, but right. if he yeah. were, if he were, the Spurs will take him, and then everyone will be like, "Dang it, maybe we made a mistake." Maybe Scotty Barnes is better than we thought because that's what happens when the Spurs draft guys, no matter who it is. So I'll take I'll take the big wing uh, that can play make a little bit at six nine two thirty, um, averaged almost six assists in uh, at Florida State last year. So yeah, I'll take Scotty Barnes at uh, at twelve for the Spurs. And is probably going to be an All NBA defender at some point because he can guard one through five. He can switch. He's everything. a monster. He, he can is, he can do all that. Huge dude. I did a similar exercise on the website this week, and I had Scotty Barnes going number six to the Pistons, just with how the lottery – that's just how the lottery broke. Pistons are at six. I said, okay, let's go with Barnes there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, getting him at – what are we at, 12? 12. Yeah, getting him at 12 is great. Um, the other guy for the Spurs that I think that they would consider, I agree they would take Barnes, but Sengun, again, yeah. is, is all pure skill to center position – um, which is something that the Spurs, you know, they don't really have a center anymore because because Aldridge. Well, I get they have Jakob Pertl, but that's that's way different. Uh, the prize of the Kawhi Leonard trade. God, that's how bad <laughs> does that feel? Look, looking back. Um, All right, thirteen. You've got the Indiana Pacers. Indiana Pacers. What to do with the Pacers? Um, some guys on the board here are Jalen Johnson, who we've established that I'm not going to take. They cannot take Alpha and Sengun uh, because they already have uh, Sabonis, Miles Turner, and Gogo Patazzi. So that's not going to happen. Um, I think I gave them. Let's see here. Who did I give them? I don't know. I can't, can't find it. But I, I, I think I like Book Knight here. Yeah. Does that make. I mean, that, that makes some sense, right? Like they. Yeah. I don't know what they need. They kind of need everything other than bigs. Um, and I don't like the wings in this range and there's no point guards and James Book Knight is the best two ish player here. Um, other no than, doubt. I would put Jaden Springer up here with him as well. Um, but James Book Knight, six, five, one ninety, can really score super athletic um, played at UConn this year can jump out of the gym, probably needs to add a little bit of weight. But because uh, he, he looks pretty slim, but I, I do, I think, I think Buck Knight is a very reasonable pick for the Pacers to make here. I agree. It's good value as well. I think this is good. This is really good value for a 13th pick. Like going back, like I think 13's kind of been a hot spot. Like there have been some killer 13th overall picks in the last, over the last like, 10 years. Yeah. Um, 
he could potentially be another one of them. It's a really, really good uh, value pick there for the Pacers. All right, finishing out the lottery, we have the Golden State Warriors at 14. This would be their second pick in the lottery um, for a team that came very, very, very close to making the playoffs this year. Um, not a bad consolation to have two lottery picks in this draft. Um, I'm going to take – definitely would have gone Kai Jones here, assuming a Wiseman trade would be going down. Sure. Um, but you've already taken him. So I I will go – hmm. It's tough, right, because they – a lot has to depend. Like Springer could make sense here if you don't really trust that Clay is going to be back or may not be 100%. I'm going to go Jalen Johnson here. That's I, fair. That's I fair think, too. I think, he's, I think he's got enough potential. I think he's shown far more than any of the guys that I would contemplate here um, at 14. So um, for the value and for a potential fit, uh, maybe not immediate, but but long term, I would say Jalen Johnson there at fourteen. I, I think that's very fair. And shoot, he may end up being awesome. I don't know. I, I would I would doubt it, but um, I, I think at fourteen, given his athletic profile and his numbers are fine. He just you watched him. He just he didn't really impact the game as much as his his numbers would would make you think. Which is why I think some people like Tankathon have him at number seven because yeah. they look at him. He's six nine two twenty. He averaged four assists a game as the forward spot, 10 rebounds, a couple steals, a couple blocks, you know, 19 points. The numbers are great, but his impact on the game was not at that level. Um, do you want to – I mean, the Thunder pick again at 18. Do you want to extend it out? You want to go to 18? Sure. Um, as well, we're, all, we're almost all the way there. We are almost there. Go ahead with uh, the Wizards at 15. Man, what do the Wizards need? Um they don't well they have I was I would give them Sangun here or give them a center, but Daniel Gafford is apparently gonna be an all-star. Man, um, he he just came he came on so strong. What what do we think of Denny Avdia? I, I was not a fan of his pre-draft last year. It seemed like he had sort of an up and down rookie season. Mm-hmm. Um and he's he's paired with Rui on the wing there too, who I th- I think the jury is still out on both of those guys. Yeah, if the shot falls, I think he's gonna be just fine. Um, I thought he was uh, enough of a showed enough handling, um, at least in transition, um, spotted up pretty well. I think if I think if he can get his feet under him, and, and no pun intended, that was a gross injury. But um, if he can hit if he can hit threes, um, you know, high thirties, low forties next year, I think that's I think he'll be just fine. I think there he he's not going to answer a ton of questions for your yeah. team, but but I do think he fills a, a role and he's a little more athletic than, than people think. I'm going to go with Franz Wagner here. Okay. Just, I think he is, he's, a, he's another wing that you can kind of have in there um, that can, you know, probably guard two, three, maybe, maybe the four um, on the perimeter. And he's just another another body that you can throw out there that doesn't, you know, he, he can make threes, but with Beal and Westbrook there, he's not going to be a super high usage guy. And he played off ball a lot at Michigan. Um, 
and I, I think that he would fit fairly seamlessly there. All right, I've got the Boston Celtics at 16, and Brad Stevens will be in charge of this pick, um, which is very unexpected. Um, I wonder, do you think they'll have a coach by draft night? Yeah, I would think so. I bet they have. I mean, yeah, we're still almost two months. or Yeah, because the, the draft is July 29th. Uh, yeah, I bet, I bet they have a coach by then. I'd be surprised um, if they don't. Very, very surprising news coming out of Boston yesterday. Yeah. So they're at 16. I like Isaiah Jackson here um, sure. just as the next best uh, center option. Uh, 6'10 and a half, 206 freshman uh, last year, averaged 14 and a half, um, 11 boards. I, four and a half blocks a game is nothing to sneeze at. That is incredible. Um, so I would. I would take Isaiah Jackson here for his upside and for the immediate fit that I think he could, I think he could play real minutes next year. Yeah. I, I, I like him a lot. I, I think that, I, th- I think that that, that definitely works um, in Boston and they, they certainly have a need there. Uh, I have Memphis at 17. Is that correct? Yes. Gosh, I'm looking at their roster right now. Um, they have, kind of picked up this reputation for drafting like the draft Twitter nerd guys, right? <laughs> like Brandon Clark, Desmond Bain, um, Jaron Jackson Jr. was like that. Even yeah. as like a lottery pick yeah. Xavier Tillman. Um, I think Dylan Brooks was like that back in the day as well. And so I'm trying to figure out who this, the version of that is here. Um, and I think, is it Jared Butler? I think it's. I think Jared Butler is this year's draft guy. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's Chris Duarte, but Chris Duarte they don't really need. Like they already have Bain and Brooks. At that to play kind of that two guard spot. I think there would be less minutes for him, like you're saying. Yeah, I, I think Butler. You bring him in. He he. They don't have like a backup point guard, right? Who am I for? Am I forgetting somebody? D'Anthony Melton, maybe. I don't know who played yeah. their backup five. Killian Tilly is another like kind of weird draft nerd guy that they had that they picked up on a two way. Um, yeah, I'm gonna give them. I'm gonna give them Jared Butler, who I actually, I don't know, probably had more of an impact in a lot of ways than than Mitchell did on on Baylor's championship. I, th- mm-hmm. I think that you could that you could argue that. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll give them Butler. He can come in, be your backup point guard from day one. And they don't mind drafting older guys. No, they they certainly don't. Um, Especially, and I don't, you know, if you're picking 17, which the Grizzlies are, like they took Brandon Clark, who's an older guy, I think with that pick, right? Yeah, correct. Or somewhere um, at least in that range. Yeah, it was like early 20s. It was where oh, yeah. it was where Oklahoma City was. It maybe like 22, something 21. Yeah. Yeah, but in that range, that's where you take these older guys who are definitely good. Um, all right. I happen to uh, be picking both Oklahoma City picks, but I definitely <laughs> want to hear um, where you would go here as well. I So I'm uh, is has Jaden Springer been picked already? No, Jaden Springer's still on the board. Okay. Um I'm going to leave him because I think they, having taken Green, I don't yeah. think they'll take him again. That's the thing. If they'd taken Suggs, then maybe, or, or Kaminga, yeah. I think you could take Springer. Yeah. So 
Um, I will reach a little here and go Greg Brown because I think I know the GM of the Thunder, and um, <laughs> and I think this would at this at this part of the draft, I think this would just and especially at eighteen, um, if Oklahoma City unfortunately has to pick at eighteen, I think he would, I think he would take Greg Brown. Um. Please, I, tell tell I, me why you think I'm wrong. I hate that. <laughs> do you know how many do you know how many assists Greg Brown had last year? He played 26 games. Guess uh, how many assists he had? Two. Did ten. Ten. Which is still that's a lot more than I thought. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder. He probably had eight against like East Te- Texas State or something. <laughs> I don't know. I, yeah, I, I'm out on Greg Brown. I, I kind of get it. I get the appeal from an athleticism standpoint. Um, philosophically, I approach this pick from the perspective of not really wanting to watch Moses Brown play basketball anymore, mm. and certainly not in the starting lineup. So I would take a center here. Uh, and there's two because Jackson and Jones are gone. Correct. So there's two that I would consider here, and it's Sangoon, who I've mentioned a couple times. And uh, oh yeah, he's still available. Still available. I and forgot. U- Usman Garuba, uh, who's an international guy who's been around forever. And if the Grizzly, he would, he is actually the draft Twitter darling that the Grizzlies would take if they were not already set at center with draft Twitter darlings. But he is just the offensive side of the game is not really there for him yet. Um, maybe like a two years away from being two years away guy on <laughs> offense, but on defense, he is going to be awesome from day one. Uh, has a preposterously long wingspan. I don't know what it is, but it's well over seven feet. Um, and he Tankathon has him has him listed as a power forward, which is just wrong. He's he's going to be a, a defensive shot blocking center who's going to control the paint, sort of like a Rudy Gobert ish. Not that that's the expectation for him in terms of what he's going to become, but that is the mold that Usman Gruba is in. Um, but I'm taking Sengun because okay. he's way he's way more fun, and he can pass. And he's honestly he's been rising up boards. Like I think he's probably going to go in the top 10 or 12 or so yeah I, I would be surprised if he's there at 18 um but he he can pass he's really good on offense um super fun he's gonna move the ball gonna get rebounds he has produced at a really high level um as an 18 year old in the turkish league which is a, a good league overseas probably one of the five or six best leagues in europe um i'm pulling up his stats now 19 points per game um rebounds, two and a half assists, 1.7 blocks, you know, in 29 games in the Turkish Super League for an 18, 19 year old. That's really good. And he has not shot the three well yet. He only took, he shot 19% from three this year. He barely had any attempts, but he made 81% of his free throws on six attempts a game. So the Mm. touch is there. I think he'll, he'll probably figure out the three pointer. Um, So I I would take Sengun. All right, a uh, little trivia. Do you remember the player that was dubbed two years away from being two years away? Yeah, it was Bruno Cabloco, right? You got it. Yeah. You got it. And oh <laughs> God, our man, uh, Fran Fraschilla. Fran Fraschilla, yeah. For the ages. That is a line for the ages. <laughs> he is such a menace on those draft. Uh, those draft. I, I miss him. They, I don't think he's been on it in a few years. It's a shame. He's like it, he's such an asset to any draft broadcast, especially his, his expertise. And he maybe the reason he's not on anymore is because he, he may not be traveling overseas to look at these prospects anymore. 
but I would have loved to have had hit to have had his analysis on Poku and draft night. Yeah, yeah, it, it would have been it would have been great. Uh, I love he he seemed to do like like the most Cade games this year. It seemed like almost every game I watched of Cade, yeah, he, was he does. On, he does he a lot of Big awesome. Twelve. He does he does a lot of Big Twelve, and he, yeah, he's really good. He was awesome. Every time I got to watch him do or hear him do a uh, a game where Cade was playing, it was just it was a lot of fun because he's it's a guy that he it's Cade's been in his backyard for for years now. Yeah. So um, he's he knew a lot about him. So I love Fran and what an insanely awesome line that was. Two years away from being two years away. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, all right, Spencer, this was fun. We are done with. Uh, with uh, volume one of our uh, Tankathon uh, lottery sim uh, mock draft, we will probably uh, we'll probably do another one of these. Uh, we'll just hit up another another yeah, maybe uh, next week. sim, and uh, we'll make sure the next one is uh, we'll make sure the next one is is diverse enough from this one that we get some more yes. uh, some more uh, conversation out of it. But uh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks a lot uh, yep. for jumping on doing this with me, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week uh, for another episode of the Daily Thunder Podcast. Take care. Hey, Hoopheads. We appreciate you listening to this episode of Daily Thunder. Be sure to check out other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Nuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, the Wizards Hoops Analyst, at the buzzer, and Lakers Fast Break. There are also coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachesMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget the network's flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by Mike Cleansing and Jason Sunkel and featuring the best minds in the game from its grassroots to the NBA.